Girlfriends, episode number 40. Are you too busy? Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. How are you? How have you been? Hope you've had a good week. Thanks for being here for another episode of Girlfriends. I'm glad that you're joining me here at the Phoenix airport. Um, It's early on Sunday morning, and I am just now leaving a conference that I was at that I had the pleasure of speaking at. It was uh, sponsored by Paradisus Dei, a Um, It was called To the End of Love, and it was a marriage conference, so there were lots, hundreds of married couples that showed up for this, and it was an honor and it was a privilege to be able to speak to them about marriage, God's plan for marriage. I met so many great people. Um, So this was in Phoenix, and I'm heading home now. I'm going to get home uh, probably about... 5 p.m. my time. So um, just enough time to reconnect with the family before starting a new week. So I thought since I'm just sitting here anyway, I might as well record this now because I'm going to find myself running short on time tomorrow when I usually record. So glad to do this. I hope you're not hearing too much background noise, um, but I'm, I'm hearing announcements and crowds and whatnot going on here. But you know, it's all just uh, part of the ambiance of this particular episode of Girlfriends. Either way, I'm glad you're here. So this week, we're talking about busyness. Are you too busy? I know a lot of times I know that I am. And it's important to ask ourselves this question on a regular basis, because it's something that can easily spiral out of control, the level of busyness in our lives, Um, especially in today's culture, today's society with regard to families. A lot of families are busy. A lot of families are too busy. A lot of moms are wearing multiple hats just as a necessity. Um, But I think it's important to take time every once in a while and kind of reassess, like, are you too busy? How can we know that? I mean, how can we know if we're too busy? I, I hear from moms all the time that are looking for balance. That's that word that everybody's looking for is balance in their lives. They want the peace that comes from knowing they're living a balanced life. And, you know, I think that balance looks different for everybody. And it even looks different for individual people, depending on what stage in life you're in. You know, um, the level of outside activity that my family could manage when I had, you know, five kids under the age of seven was very different than it is now where my youngest is 10. And um, I've got big kids that are helpers, that are drivers, that are really capable of caring for themselves and other people. That um, So, you know, as your life changes, I think your definition of what would be too busy changes um, and your family's needs change. So I think it's important to not come up with one size fits all with regard to how much activity you should be taking on. I've had moms ask me for that formula before, like how many things should we be doing in a day? Well, I don't know. I can't answer that for you. How many outside things you should have in any given week. That's going to vary by the individual and vary by the family. But that's why I want to talk about this today, because how often do you take that time to reassess and say, let me let me look at what we're doing and does it all make sense and am i are we too busy i think in in our culture it's sometimes like a badge of honor you know someone will say like how are you and they'll be like busy 
and everybody rolls their eyes and, oh, I know what that's like. And well, I think we need to kind of change that because to me, if that's your response, if that's how you are, you know, you're not, you're not doing well or you're, you're not, you know, going through a challenge or whatever it is, just your, your normal state is busy and everybody knows what that means. Well, maybe that's not a good thing. Maybe that's something that you need to look at. So today I'm going to um, give you some ideas for things that might be indicators that you're too busy. So kind of do an assessment. And so as we go through here, maybe you can just think about these different topics with regard to your life and um, how you might measure up with those things. So um, the first one I want to talk about, you might be too busy if you don't have regular time off, regular downtime. Now, we all know that we need this, and God gave us a Sabbath because He knows that we need it, and He also knows that we're not going to be inclined to take it. So that's one area that I think that you should take a look at is, are you regularly having downtime? Now, that means every day. It doesn't just mean a Sabbath. It doesn't just mean on Sundays, are you taking time off with your family? Um, it really means, are you spending time in each day at rest, downtime? You know, it doesn't have to be hours and hours. You don't have to be, you know, going on a mini spa vacation every day. That would be nice, but I understand that that's probably not going to happen for most moms. Um, but it, you know, it does need to happen on a regular basis that you might have, you know, 20 minutes, a half hour to, you know, just, um, rest, take, take a little time to do something that you might enjoy, have a cup of tea, read a book that you, you like for no other reason than you're going to enjoy it. Um, or take a bath. I know some people do this at the end of their day. They'll take, take a bath or take a, a longer shower than usual and light candles. And, um, that's a really good way to do that. And your, your downtime might be with your family. It might be alone. But if you're not regularly having that space, then that's not balanced. That's not what, you know, that's not ideal. That's not what you're created for. So in the short term, that, okay, you know, for getting through a time that's extra busy, fine, that, you know, downtime might get crossed off your schedule. But if that's an ongoing thing, then that's not okay. And you need to recognize that and make the space for that inside of your life. So that's one sign that you might be too busy is if you're not regularly having downtime um, and regularly just having some time off. That means um, a day in the week, for sure, Sunday is the ideal day to have downtime, um, but also just a little bit of time each day. If you're not doing that, you need to address it. Okay, the second way that you might know if you're too busy is, do you feel frazzled all the time? And by frazzled, I mean distracted, not connected, um, feeling like you're messing up, kind of a vague feeling and, and also actual reality that you're forgetting things all the time, that you're always late, that you're always behind, that you're not fully present in every moment. Do you find yourself like in, you know, an easy kind of situation with like maybe, um, I know this has happened to me before when I take my kids to the library and, you know, I've got this, this time scheduled. We're going to spend this hour here in the library. We're going to spend it looking for books, you know, um, doing some library program or whatever it is. And I can't make myself sit there and, and focus on that activity and not, I am, I am not a big fan of those kind of mom blogs that are all about, you have to be in the moment. Every moment is glorious and fantastic and such a blessing and recognize all your blessings every moment of every day. Uh, that's just not real. And I think that leads to a lot of guilt when you're not experiencing things as blissfully as that. So that's not what I'm talking about here, but I'm talking about an overall feeling throughout your day where you can't focus where you feel distracted, where you feel late, you feel like you're just 
um, not fully connecting to people that matter in your life, that, that feeling of frazzledness and that feeling of lateness, which, you know, we all experience that in various levels in our days, in our weeks, in the seasons of our lives. Um, so I'm not saying if you ever experience that, something's terribly wrong that you need to address in your life. But if that's an ongoing thing, if that's your default mode is feeling frazzled, not okay. Not okay for your, your mental health. Not okay for your physical health. It's not okay for your spiritual health. That's not how God means for you to live your life. So if that's going on in an ongoing basis, it needs to be addressed. You need to find some way to address that situation of just that feeling of, of being frazzled. So there's, there's things you need to remove from your life, obligations that are just too much. Okay, this third one is something that I know I've experienced in my life quite a bit, where you eat on the go as a norm. Now, we all do this sometimes. You just grab a sandwich, you, you know, grab a coffee and a muffin on the way out the door or whatever it is. That's fine. But if you're always on the go eating, if your, your car or right next to your laptop is generally where you're having your meals, um, where you're multitasking in that way, multitasking your meals on a regular basis, that's an issue that that's not how you're meant to feed yourself. And um, that could mean that you're too busy, that there's something that needs to be removed from your, your daily obligations or something that um, you need to reassess in some way that this, this isn't okay as an ongoing thing. This isn't good for you and it's not good for your family. So if you're regularly eating that way, you know, it's not good for you physically. I mean, you know, all the studies show that when you're multitasking and eating, you eat too much, you eat the wrong things, you you don't feel full, you don't enjoy your food, you kind of mindlessly snack or whatever, that that's really unhealthy for you physically. But I'm more concerned about even the emotional health that goes along with that, that if that's how you're eating, if that's how you're feeding yourself physically, that's a real sign of how you're feeding yourself emotionally, spiritually, you know, throughout your day that that's an that's an ongoing thing that actually is a problem that you're you're going to need to address. So um, if you're finding yourself doing that, if you're not regularly sitting down to enjoy a meal, maybe with other people connecting with other people over a meal, if all your meals are on the go, that's a warning sign. That's a flag. Like something's off here needs to be addressed. You might just be too busy. All right, the fourth one I want to mention is if you dread a new day. And not saying, because I'm not much of a morning person, that you need to bounce out of bed every morning and be like, oh, thank you, God, for this glorious day. But some part of you should feel something along those lines when you get up in the morning. When you've, you've got a new day in front of you, you should feel like you're, you're looking forward to it, that you're, you're grateful for the fact that you have another day to live with your family in the life that God's given you. So if that's not happening... And I don't mean every day. Some days I get up and I think, oh my gosh, today's the day I'm doing X, Y, or Z or all those things. And I am dreading it to some extent. So if you occasionally dread a day at the start, that's normal and fine. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's an ongoing thing, a situation where your general feeling every morning is, first of all, exhaustion. Because you know what? When you're overtired, when you're not getting the rest that you need, when you're too busy, you don't generally feel that at the end of the day, I find. You feel it at the in the morning when your body has finally taken some time to rest and you're disrupting that rest because hey it's time to get up and start another day and you're just sluggish and you just feel like I can't even get out of bed right now I can't even make my body do this you're just dreading you know it physically for sure but also just emotionally and spiritually you're just feeling that sluggishness that not being enthused about a new day so along with that I think comes sort of a vague feeling of failure 
that I know I've experienced times in my life where I'm too busy and I don't even take the time, of course, to think this through and articulate it. But in, in retrospect, I can look back and say, oh my gosh, I really did feel a lot of the time like I was just failing, like I was messing up on an ongoing basis. Like I was getting up each day kind of not excited about the day because here I go, I'm going to go mess up things again. I'm, I'm failing at so many things because I'm not doing enough because I'm not present in the things I'm doing. I'm not feeling fulfilled and, and like I have meaningful relationships with people. And that's, you know, that's the lifeblood of our lives. That's what gives our lives meaning, our, our relationships with other people, the relationships with the God that people places in our lives. For most of us, that means our husbands and our kids, our families, the people that are right there in your living room asking you what's for dinner. Um, so if you've got that kind of vague feeling of failure on an ongoing basis, if you're unhappy and you're not sure why, when you actually take a moment to think about how you feel at the start of each new day, if it's not happiness, if it's not a general sense of contentment and like you're doing what you should be doing and and it's it's pretty okay most of the time, that could be a real warning sign that you are too busy and that you need to assess that in some way. All right, this next one I made as a separate one, but I think it probably relates. I've already mentioned a little bit. Feeling disconnected from the people that are closest to you. You know, I said just now that that's what gives meaning to our lives, our our relationships. And the people that God means for you to have the closest relationships with are the ones in your family, right? Under your own roof. And if you're in a general sense feeling disconnected from them, if you feel like you know, you drive your kids places, you might, um, you know, make your husband dinner, might sit and watch TV with somebody in your family or something, but that you don't feel connected to them. That's a warning sign. I think that you're too busy, that you're too distracted. You've got too many things on your heart and in your mind um, that are just pulling you away from that central thing, which actually gives meaning to your life, which is the relationships with the people that you're meant to care for inside of your own home. Okay, and the final way that I want to mention that you might be too busy if is you might be too busy if you don't ask for help. That if this is your mode, you've kind of got your pride caught up in all the things that you do so that you don't ask for help. Someone will offer help and you automatically reject it. I have certainly done this in my life. Like, no, no, I'm so busy and I've got it all under control and I don't need help from anybody that's not God's plan for your life. And you know what? You're actually not impressing anybody <laughs> with your great independence. Um, it's it, God doesn't mean for us to be an island. He means for us to be a community. He means for us to have meaningful connections with the people he places in our lives. And that might be your girlfriend who's offering to take your toddler for an afternoon. Or it might be your, your mom who's inviting you to come over for dinner so you don't have to cook one night a week. Or Whatever it is that you're, you're just tempted to push away that, oh, I don't need that help, that I can do it, I've got it all together, that if that's your default is rejecting help out of what you maybe don't want to admit it, but it's a sense of pride, um, I know it, it has been for me, that that's a sign that your life is off balance in a fundamental way that really needs to be addressed. If you're not asking for that help, if you, um, if you're even rejecting help, if, if other people offer it. And it's been my experience that people will offer help because they, they see a need. And if you accept that help, um, it really, it builds a relationship between you and that other person, whether it's between you and a girlfriend, it, 
even if it's between you and your husband, if he's offering to help in a way that you're, you're saying, no, no, I've got it. I've got it. You know, I have, I have a friend who told me once that her husband was always offering to do the laundry and she really had other ideas for what she wanted him to do, offer to offer to do around the house. So she always would tell him, no, no, laundry's my job. Laundry's my job and would reject that help. And, and then, you know, at the end of the week, find herself overwhelmed with the laundry you need to accept the help that people are offering you. Maybe not every single time, but if out of a sense of pride you're not asking for the help you need from the people who are able to help you or that you're rejecting the help that's offered, that's, that's a sign that you're, you're too busy and that perhaps, and ultimately this is what I'm talking about here, perhaps you're placing some sort of value on your busyness. That, that you feel like that's what makes you valuable. That's what makes you important. You're doing your busyness. You know, I, what I want to encourage you to do as we're talking about these things is not only to assess where you are with each of these different issues in your life to see if maybe you are too busy, um, but then just think a little bit. Maybe assess where you are with regard to what, how you think about your busyness, how you think about the things that you do in a day. Is, is your pride and your self-worth caught up in all the things that you accomplish? Do you feel like that's what makes you valuable to the people in your life? That's what makes you precious and irreplaceable is, you know, the fact that you're, you're doing that laundry all by yourself, that you're doing all the carpools, that you're in charge of the school dance or, you know, whatever it is, these things that you've taken on. Is that where you're discerning your self-worth? Because that's ultimately the heart of this issue here, that you're too busy if that's where you're discerning your self-worth is inside of your busyness. Um, so we've gone through some of these, you know, different things that I've asked you about. And there are more, of course, signs that you're too busy. But um, the ones we've talked about here are that you don't have regular time off, that you feel frazzled all the time, that you eat on the go as a norm, that you generally dread a new day, have a feeling of dread at the start of a new day, um, that you feel disconnected from people closest to you and that you don't ask for help or that you reject help that's offered as a norm. So what do you do? Let's say you answered, you know, yes to all of these. Oh, I'm doing all these things. I'm doing all these bad things. I'm definitely too busy. What do you do? Okay. Um, I think that that's a real sign that, you know, you need to take that time and really just assess what you're actually doing. What is this busyness made of? What are these different roles you're playing? Which ones are expendable? Which ones are necessary? Which ones are temporary? You know, kind of get that kind of big picture assessment of how you're spending your time each day. And this might not be something that you're able to do on your own. This might be something where you need to ask for somebody else to give you that big picture perspective. This is where husbands come in real handy. I know my husband, Dan, he's a real help with regard to giving me a big picture perspective on things sometimes. You don't have to sit down and write it all out on paper, but that could actually be a really helpful exercise. Um, But even just have a conversation with your husband, or if um, not your husband, maybe you have a girlfriend that that could serve this role for you, just to look at all the different things like, okay, so you feel like I might might be too busy. What's making up that busyness? How am I spending my time each day? What are the roles that I'm playing? What are my responsibilities? Um, Which ones could I cross off my list? And even ones that it may be hard to cross off your list. You know, I I know I've done this where I can't not do that. I've always done that. You know, I've always been the one who does this, that, or the other thing. Well, maybe not right now. Maybe that's not what you're meant to do right now. So with an open mind, look at your schedule in an honest way. And having an outside person help you is great. If you have a spiritual advisor or spiritual director, um, 
that's a great person to talk to about this. They, they could really help you through this, um, whether it's a priest or somebody else who serves as a mentor for you. Um, another way that I would suggest that you deal with this if you're finding that you are too busy is to schedule into your busy calendar sometime in the coming week an hour at adoration. However you need to get to it, however you need to get there, and just go spend time in a quiet church with Jesus. Open your heart. Go in with an open heart. And let me tell you, I know from personal experience that for people who are too busy, as I have been many times throughout my life, this is a painful thing. The idea of sitting silently in a quiet church for an hour is unthinkable. Like, what? I'm not going to be doing anything. I'm going to be just sitting there in the silence. Yes, this is the medicine you need to fix your sick life. <laughs> that you need to get into a church for, for adoration, spend an hour. I'm not even going to let you get away with 10 minutes. No, you need to force yourself to spend an hour there. And open your heart to what Jesus might be telling you about your life. Just You don't have to go in and talk. That's one of the great things about adoration is that it teaches us the value of our presence of simply being present and um, the value of Jesus's presence there in the Eucharist, that what a great gift that is. And you don't have to talk and you don't have to do, you don't have to accomplish anything. You need to be present, simply be present in Jesus's presence there for that hour and open your heart to what he might be telling you about balance in your life. I promise you that will bear good fruit in your life. I forced myself to take that medicine for my sick life before, and it's always been a blessing to me. Maybe you won't come out with all the perfect solutions, um, but you might come out with a resolution to have that quiet time more often, and you might find ways to do that. So um, that's another way that I suggest that you take care of it if you find that you are too busy. Um, And as I'm wrapping up here, one last thing that I think I probably should add to my list is that you might be too busy if you find yourself recording your podcast in the Phoenix airport. (laughs) Because as I've recorded this, I've had to move like six different times because of somebody sat next to me with a crying baby. Um, There was another guy who came and he was just ruffling papers and um, it was very distracting. So this has been like my most distracted episode ever recording and that's saying a lot because I'm usually recording in the house with kids plus dogs and um, or at baseball or whatever else is going on. So sorry for the distraction and uh, background noise here, but that's just life here at Girlfriends. Getting you another episode this week is requiring recording here. Hey, girlfriends, who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. Hey, hi, everyone. I am excited to share with you today my special guest, Stephanie Engelman, is joining us here on Girlfriends today. Stephanie Engelman is a wife and a mother of five whose degree in psychology only partially prepared her for the insanity of a small house filled with a big family. I know that scene. She is a convert to Catholicism and feels led to share her love for Christ and his church with others through the gifts and talents God has given her. However, she never imagined she'd write fiction until inspiration hit in the form of a social media message from a complete stranger. What started as a wry prayer turned into Stephanie's first novel. She hopes it will lead many to a deeper connection with God, their faith, and the Blessed Mother. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome to Girlfriends. I am so glad you're here today. Hi, 
Danielle. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Now, you you wrote like a mystery in your bio. I would love to hear a little bit more before we get started on our regular questions about that social media message that inspired your first novel. Well, my Twitter handle is at a few beads short because I'm a few beads short of a rosary. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> And someone tweeted to me that uh, they said, add a few beads short, but have you ever thought of the power of a single bead? Wow. And I responded to them that, uh, you know, wow, that was such a great idea. And I was going to write a blog post about that. And then just a couple hours later, I received the inspiration that, no, this, this was a story. And it turned into the novel, A Single Bead, which is the story of, of the power of every single prayer. Wow. And is this um, a, a novel that's aimed at young adults or people of all ages or what is it? It is for a young adult audience. Okay. But, uh, the people who love them have been enjoying the book as well. Yeah. I <laughs> Because you know what? I got a review copy and I have to confess, I haven't read it yet and it's not my fault. It's because my 13-year-old daughter, Gabby, picked it up and oh, it's good. in her room. So <laughs> she's been enjoying it. But I promise I will get a turn next. And so um, do you want to share maybe where your website is if people want to um, check out? And your website is A Few Beads Short? It is a fewbeadsshort.com. Okay, great. All right, super. Well, I love how that got started for you and um, that you never know where a tweet is going to take you. That's no, we don't. And, and God speaks to us in the most uh, unusual of ways at times. I know. Isn't that great? That's very interesting and, and, and inspiring at the same time. So, yes, all right. Well, Stephanie, we always ask the same questions to people who come on Girlfriends. So I'm going to start out with our first question to you, which is, can you tell us about a time when you really felt like you triumphed, whether it was personal or professional? When did you ever feel a sense of accomplishment that you'd like to share with us? You know, as I was thinking about this, the, the big obvious answer is writing a single bead and, and the fact that it's become a big uh, bestseller. But in reality, the, the reason that I think I was able to write a single bead mm-hmm. is a triumph that I experienced really in the month before I received the inspiration for the book. Mm-hmm. I consecrated myself to Jesus through Mary in October of 2013. Wow. Wow. And, you know, I had been trying to be the mother that I wanted to be for so long, but I am a person of many bad habits and, you know, I, um, I was, I was impatient and, you know, I mean, when it came down to it, I was just, I was selfish. I didn't, I couldn't give enough of myself to really be that mother that I wanted to be and that I knew God wanted me to be. Right. But after I gave myself completely over to our blessed mother and asked her to then lead me to our son. And I started then implementing and, you know, this wasn't me, but I, you know, more and more I was able to, um, you know, take my spiritual life to a new level. And it happened very quickly after the consecration. And all of a sudden I realized that, wow, I was actually being that mom, the mom that I wanted to be. And the best thing was when one day I happened to mention to my daughter, well, I've, I, I have consecrated myself to Mary. That means that I've given myself completely to, to Jesus through Mary. And my daughter said, mommy, is that why you've been so much nicer recently? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it breaks your heart and it's so encouraging at the same time. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I was not nice. You know, it was you so- know what? I, I love that. I- 
but how awesome that now God has given me the grace mm-hmm. to be that mother and that my daughter could recognize it and that she was able to make that connection and hopefully learn and, and you know, I pray carry that over into her own life and her own future potential motherhood. Of course. Yeah. And I, I love that you shared that and that I love your humility in sharing that story because I think many times we moms have this idea of perfection and we think everybody else has attained to that perfection except for us. And we kind of beat ourselves up all the time. And that whole, you know, wanting just such a basic thing. I want to be a nicer mom. You know, <laughs> like I think every person listening who's a mom right now can relate to that feeling that sometimes I don't like the kind of mom I am. Sometimes I'm mean. Sometimes I'm angry. Sometimes I'm, you know, d- detached or whatever it is that we don't want to be. And, you know, I love that you're so open and honest in sharing that story because it's very encouraging to all of us, especially um, the power of that consecration to Jesus through Mary. Yes. Well, you know, that was one reason why I started my blog, A Few Beads Short, mm-hmm. because as a mom, I was struggling with knowing how incredibly imperfect I was. Right, and I right. looked at so many blogs online and I saw these these apparently perfect moms who had this incredible <laughs> faith of longstanding yes. uh, with their 10 kids. <laughs> and, and their liturgical year cupcakes and all of the rest. Right. And, and it's like, I am not that mom. I want to be that mom, but I'm not. But I felt like we needed to have more voices out there of moms who are saying, look, I am so completely imperfect. Here's how I screwed up, but here's how God helped me to correct it. And I love that you add that second part, because I think there is a genre of sharing online that kind of embraces the mess. And while everyone has that mess in their life, there's that second part that you're, you're called to something better than that. You're not called to wallow in your own weakness, but recognizing it is an important part of that process. I, I, I really appreciate the way that you've shared that. Thank you. Okay, so moving on from the triumphs to mistakes. These are always <laughs> juicier stories, and some of them actually downright hilarious. Um, I'd love to hear from you, Stephanie, if you could share a mistake that you once made in any part of your life, and um, what did you learn from that mistake? Well, obviously, I have made a lot a lot of them. Yes. Uh, and I don't know, this is not humorous, so I, I, I hate to disappoint Oh, you. no, that's all right. You know, I, I love them all. And what I really love in the end is the, the great variety of perspectives that we hear in people's answer to this question. Okay, well, here goes. So I was a new Catholic and really a new Christian because I grew up just really a very lukewarm Christian. Mm-hmm. And I had started, I mean, by new, I mean, you know, a few years in. And I had recognized that the Catholic Church really needed more women doing vibrant, awesome Bible studies. This was before Momnipotent. This Mm -hmm. was, you know, I mean, there was really an incredible scarcity of women writing Bible studies. Even what, you know, five or six years ago. I think there still is. (laughs) We need more. (laughs) But it's amazing the growth we've had Mm -hmm. in the last few years. But so I you know, recognize this need. And I made up my mind that, okay, you know, I, I can write and I can speak publicly. And so I am going to do this. I'm going to write, you know, Bible studies and I'm going to turn other people on fire for Christ and for his church. And okay, I'm, I'm all about it. And so I was actually working on writing a Bible study and I was really just hitting my, my, my head up against the wall, maybe my head against my Bible, (laughs) (laughs) not getting very far. And then one day I uh, was, I had decided, okay, everybody that writes a Bible study in the Catholic church has letters after their name. So I need to get a degree. Oh yeah. So I, I'm online. I, I look up how much it's going to cost me to get, 
get a degree. And I quickly realized that I've got to figure out a way to pay for it. Mm -hmm. And so I had written a children's book on the rosary. And I decided, well, maybe if I can get that published, maybe that'll give me a little bit of money to to get this theology degree so that then I can write this Bible study. And okay, yes, this is going to be like a 10-year process. but <laughs> <laughs> No time like the present to get started. <laughs> right. So I'm online. I'm looking for this publisher for the, this children's book. And I come across Pauline Books and Media's website. And they had specifically stated on their author guidelines that they were looking for teen young adult fiction. Mm-hmm. And there was something about that that spoke to me. And I literally laughed at God, and and I referenced this in my bio, that I I laughed at God, and I literally said out loud, well, God, if you want me to write teen, young adult, or young adult Catholic fiction, you're going to have to give me the idea because I I have no idea. Right. I never thought about doing this. And, you know, then it was that I got, I mean, it was within a week that I got that tweet and ended up writing a single beat. But wow. so my mistake is that I had made up my mind as to what God wanted me to do, mm-hmm. or I, I had made up my mind as to what I wanted to do, <laughs> uh-huh. writing Bible studies and had decided to just set off on that path without really ever consulting God and saying, wait a minute, I mean, I know this is a good and, and noble cause, mm-hmm. but am I the person that you want me, that you want to undertake this cause right now? Or is there someone else who can better do it? And is there something else that you'd rather have me do? Right. And it makes me think of uh, Peter at the Transfiguration. Oh, yes. This is but one of my favorites. <laughs> I, I love to think about that because I'm, I'm so much like Peter. You know, all those <laughs> foibles I completely relate to. But, you know, I, oh, Jesus, let us, let us build three tents for, for you, Elijah, and Moses. And, you know, clearly that is not what was needed at the moment. It's what Peter knew how to do. And yes. So he was ready and willing. So enthusiastic. Yes. And then interrupted by God. That's what I love. The voice right. of God and talks over him like, hey, doofus, that is not what I want you to do. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's just a great reminder that even when our intentions are good and noble and just, mm-hmm. if it's if it's my will and not God's will, right. that God will bless. If, if my intent is to honor and serve God, God will bless that effort in some way. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, the way that he's going to bless us and bless those efforts and, and that those efforts are really going to do the most in the kingdom is, is when we're actually letting go of our own will and um, subjugating that completely to God's will. Wow. Yeah, I love that. And I, I really I really can relate to that perspective. It's something that we actually have talked about quite a bit here on Girlfriends is that process and how difficult that can be inside of our spiritual lives to kind of discern God's will and separate our own will from it. Because too often, I find, at least personally, that kind of control freak takes over and you've got it all planned. And then all of a sudden, my prayer life is about me telling God what he needs to do for me, you know, <laughs> like, so that I can do his will in quotation marks that, you know, because I've decided what it is. And this is the perfect plan. And what are you what, what are you waiting for? You know, right. um, so it really is very much for me, it's been a humbling learning process throughout my adult life of that kind of letting go of that idea of control, submitting ourselves to God's will, and recognizing that his plan is so much better than ours. 
He has he has such better plans for us, and he wants every good thing for us. So why are we fighting it and trying to put our own plans on over it? That you know, sometimes I laugh at myself even just looking back to like a week ago. Like what was I thinking? Like why was I you know demanding that of God? That you know, we're 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 like children, and I think it's important to remember that, especially those of us who are parents. I, I think that one of the biggest blessings of parenthood is having that parent's perspective because that's what God has for us. He looks at us with such great love. And yet, honey, that is not what you need right now. You know, <laughs> And yet here we are having our fit demanding it. So what an inspiring way of sharing that, that the gentle way that God pulled you in another direction. That's beautiful. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that, Stephanie. I, I love that story. And um, so moving on, I think we have time to talk about advice before we get to your lightning round. So um, can you just share with us, what's the best advice you ever received? Who gave it to you and how do you try to use it? All right. Well, this will take a little bit of a lead in. So I'll, I'll try to be quick. Sure. Um, so my husband suffered a heart attack in November of last year. Wow. And has a brain injury as a result. And I have found um, that role of trying to walk the line of being both a caregiver and Mm -hmm. a wife Mm -hmm. and a mother to be extremely difficult to do gracefully and, you know, with with love at all times. There are times where love has not been the the emotion at the forefront of my being. (laughs) (laughs) We all have those moments. Yes, um, some of us more than others. <laughs> but um, just, you know, particularly in these last few months, it's been pretty, uh, really a struggle because there's just been so much stress and change in our lives. Mm-hmm. And it, this was very recent that I met with a woman who grew up with a, a mother who had a brain injury mm-hmm. and now has a daughter who has a brain injury as well. Oh my and gosh. she's now the caregiver to her daughter with the brain injury. Wow. And I was telling her how I was struggling, you know, that I would have good days, but you know, I was I was having probably more bad days than good. And I was I was praying my rosary and I would I was trying to do everything right, but I just I, I couldn't seem to find the grace to get through every day and and be that loving wife and mother and caregiver that I needed to be. Mm-hmm. And she, she said, well, Stephanie, what are you doing for yourself? And I said, well, you know, I am, I'm, I'm trying to get my, you know, to go for walks and I'm trying to pray the rosary and get some exercise. And she said, Stephanie, are you going to daily mass? Hmm. And I said, no. <laughs> Why are you asking me that? <laughs> I had felt for years, I, I had felt that tug that mm-hmm. I needed to go to daily mass and I would go you know, to my, my, my kids daily, you know, their school masses occasionally, but I've never been in the habit of going every day. Mm-hmm. And she said, Stephanie, that is the one thing that you have absolutely got to do. You have got to receive Christ in the Eucharist every day that you possibly can. Wow. And she shared with me that there's a hospital near us that has an 8 a.m. mass that lasts about 28 minutes. Oh, wow. And I discovered that it was very, very simple for me to drop my kids off at school and run into the hospital. And I can take my, my youngest with me and we participate in the daily mass. And from the first day that I did it, um, it was remarkable. I, I was just blessed with these amazing graces mm-hmm. and our family life has, has truly, 
um, just been changed and enriched in so many ways by beginning my day that way. Wow. That is an inspiring example as well. Um, not to say that every person needs to be attending daily mass. I want to be careful here. Right. But um, that obviously is what God had in mind for you and that nice well, little nudge from your friend. You know, I think it's the perfect example of, you know, no, we don't necessarily need to be doing it at all times in our lives. Right. When you are hitting a stumbling block and you just feel like you can't get over it, you know, there's some hurdle and you're going through the toughest times in your life. I mean, right now... I have every reason why I am too busy to go to Mass. Right. We all do, right? We all can fill in the excuses. <laughs> right. But that's all the more reason why I need it more every mm-hmm. day. And so, you know, when you are in those the, the, the most difficult times of your life and you start to feel that tug that, geez, I feel like I should be going to daily Mass, but I can't do it because of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. You know what? Just find a way. They are so quick and so easy. Yeah. Yeah. And it really does provide undescribable graces. Right. And in that Eucharist, it's the source and the summit of our faith lives. So why, why are we avoiding it? You know, <laughs> like, why are we pushing it off and making other things more important than that? And um, I think that's really encouraging that you share that, that you, you struggled with finding time for it and then just kind of bit the bullet and did it and the ways in which it blessed you. Um, I, I know I have a friend who had a similar experience where um, she was going through a really difficult time, really stressful and, and, you know, various family circumstances that were requiring a lot of her time and attention in stressful ways. And she just kind of made made that decision that, you know what, I'm going to be doing all these other things, these extra things that I'm being called to do right now. I'm going to get right with God first and let everything else fall into place. And it was remarkable to me as an outsider to that situation to observe the peace that she had in the midst of what for everyone else looked like a really stressful situation. And I'm sure it still was for her, but that she had that peace of knowing her priorities were in order that, you know, she was kind of rooting herself in her relationship with God first and foremost, and then everything else was falling where it was supposed to. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think that God blesses us in a way that when we give that time to him, whether it's going to daily mass or prayer or, Mm -hmm. you know, reading scripture, he returns that time to us, you know, and it's a mystery how it happens, Mm -hmm. but it does. I think you're right. I don't feel I am as productive, if not more productive now than I was before I was attending daily mass. Right. And I think that's absolutely true. And I'm glad you said that. Um, Not that it's like magic or voodoo or something, but that God blesses us with um, increased productivity, I think, and just a greater sense of management of our time when we're putting him first. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, and he's so patiently waiting for us to make him a priority (laughs) so that he can help us to do that. And, you know, those times when we're feeling so stressed and so busy and, you know, so distracted that we're not, we're not right with God, you know, and and that, that lack of peace that we have in the midst of our chaos is coming basically from that, that kind of disconnect from our creator, which is what every one of us is built for. Right. So important to keep in mind. And I like that your example is very encouraging of us. So, you know, if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I cannot possibly get to daily mass. Fine. You know, that's fine. And that might be true for you right now, but 
it also might be true that God's calling you to um, make him a little bit more of a priority in your daily life, whether that's through devoted prayer time, signing up for an adoration hour, um, you know, whatever it might be, whatever form that might take. And it might be daily mass. It might just be that you need that Eucharist daily or at least a few more times per week. So making that effort, I think you're so right, Stephanie, absolutely does bless us. Right. Okay. Well, um, we're almost out of time here. So I got to move on to our lightning round, which is, I just asked some fast, fun questions so we can get to know you a little bit better. And um, hopefully it's not going to be too scary for you. I do try to scare some of our guests, but mostly it's, it's just fun. So <laughs> if you're ready, Stephanie, we'll go. All right, I'm ready. Okay, great. Here we go with Stephanie Engelman's lightning round on the Girlfriends podcast. Okay, Stephanie, what is your favorite time of the day? Late at night. Okay. When everybody else is in bed. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I like that. All right. What is something that has most surprised you about becoming a mom? Oh, I don't think I ever grasped how much you could love another being. Absolutely. Okay. Um, when you have a rare moment alone as a mom of five, what guilty pleasure do you indulge in? Drinking Starbucks coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. All right. And um, let's see. What was the last book you read? And was it thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh, geez. I'm in the process of so many different ones. Um, Champions of the Rosary by Father oh, Don. Um, I can't remember his last name. Okay. We'll look thumbs it up. up. Okay, and we'll put that in the show notes. All right, and last one real quick. What was your favorite class in high school? Drama. Oh, drama queen. (laughs) Good for you. Excellent. Well, that was fun. You did great. You survived the lightning round, and we've gotten to know a little bit more about Stephanie Engelman, author of A Single Bead here on Girlfriends. Um, Before we say goodbye, Stephanie, maybe you want to give a shout out to something that you're doing. What are you excited about right now? I know you're promoting your new book. Is there another project that you have in the works? You know, there are... um... There's one in particular, but it hasn't been announced officially yet. So okay, so that's there. a secret. But I think, <laughs> I, I will say this, I think God has really called me now. Um, he wanted me to save that Bible study until another time. Oh, you're really moving on in a different genre. Okay, okay, intriguing. And you'll have to send me a note updating me so I can let the girlfriend's listeners know as soon as your information is public. Okay, so um, before we wrap up here, I want to be sure people know how they can get your book. It's called A Single Bead, and it's out from Pauline Books and Media, right? Right. And they can go to your website. I'll link that up in the show notes. I'll link to the book on Amazon in the show notes as well. So they can check that out. And, you know, thank you, Stephanie, for making the time to talk with me here. And thank you for sharing from your heart, your beautiful honesty as a wife, as a mom, as a struggling sister in Christ is really encouraging and inspiring. I appreciate what you do. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything you do as well. I'm just thrilled to have been on your podcast. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you, too. And just like that, through the magic of podcasting, I am no longer in the Phoenix airport. I'm now at home on Monday, and it feels epically like Monday. Uh, My trip went great, and I was thrilled with how everything went over the weekend. But I guess I'm tired, because this morning... 
I was so annoyed with the world. I was so annoyed with everyone in my household, especially the animals and everything in my household, especially the appliances <laughs> and my giant cup of coffee that I managed to spill entirely all over the stovetop. Anyway, it's been a lovely Monday. <laughs> and I'm thanking God for every minute of it and um, focusing on not being too busy in the meantime. Hey, Danielle, it's Melissa Hellman. Hey, I just wanted to let you know that I caught your interview on Teresa Tamio's show. Uh, was it Tuesday, Wednesday? Uh, but I just wanted to tell you that I thought you did well. Everything sounded good. And, um, you know, you can definitely tell that you, uh, I guess, are in me- so, so social media. You're used to doing, I guess, radio interviews and speaking and stuff. Because sometimes... When I'm listening to Teresa or Dr. Ray or some of those call-in ones, um, I cringe sometimes because, you know, it's funny just to hear them listen or hear, hear like Teresa um, try and wrap things up and the person keeps going, like the priest or whoever who's not used to being on the radio. But I just thought I'd call you and tell you I thought you did a good job on um, Teresa's um, show the other day. I hope all is well. Take care. Thank you, Melissa, for that feedback. I had a lot of fun on Teresa Tomio's show last week. Um, for those of you who didn't hear it, I'll be sure to look and see if there's a podcast or a downloadable link somewhere. She sometimes does that with her shows. And if there is, I'll share it in the show notes. Uh, Teresa and I go back a ways. We, we've met at a few different um, Catholic women's conferences, and she and I always get along real great. I think she's a hoot, and she is just the, the funnest lady to hang out with, and she's got such a good heart for women but also is just a fierce defender of the faith. So I enjoy every time I get a chance to talk with her. So thank you for your kind comments, Melissa. I always do have a little like shot of nerves before I do any interview somewhere that um, I usually just say a prayer to the Holy Spirit and hope that he'll guide what I say. And I hope that the things that I say will reach the right people in the right kind of ways. And sometimes I hear from people that it did. And sometimes I hang up and I'm just like, well, that was a bomb. It's like, sometimes I can't put two words together. Anyway, I appreciate you uh, sharing that helpful feedback and uh, for using Voxer to connect. You guys know I love that. Thanks, Melissa. Hey, Danielle, this is Sarah Reinhardt, and I'm calling in because I'm listening. I'm finally caught up on Girlfriends, and I was listening to the one about adding easy prayer methods to your day, and I wanted to share this app, and I also feel like a giant nerd for calling in like three shows in a row, so um, just know that I'm wearing my Catholic nerd shirt and my Danielle B nerd shirt right now. I paused in my mowing to call you so that I wouldn't forget about this because I know your love language is voicemail. But I wanted to tell everybody about the Echo app, E-C-H-O. It's in Android and a website and on iOS. I have it set throughout the day. I get reminders at certain points, and then I have an ongoing list. When I tell somebody, like, I'll pray for you, I add them onto my list, and then I have it pull up randomly through the day. Now, what's ironic is that I have told people, I guess it's not ironic, it's a God incidence, right, that I have prayed for them, and they've been like, oh, my gosh, I so needed prayer right now. And it just, for me, it's a way of connecting with people who maybe I promised to pray for and I've completely forgotten. Or, you know, like you get a mile-long list. How do you keep up for it? And this kind of, I think, gives the Holy Spirit a chance to nudge me. Like, 
there have been people who I don't even remember anymore who these people are. They're friends of friends or nieces or whatever of people I know who said, can you pray for so-and-so? And they just never fall off my list, but they will pop up sometimes more than once in the same day. And then I know like God truly needs me to be praying for this person. Well, I guess God doesn't need me to, that person needs me to, but whatever. Anyway, the Echo app, completely fabulous app. And it's also a very invisible way. Like it gives me a little chime. I look down at the name and then throughout the day, I try to remember that person in other points, like when I'm doing dishes or when I stub my toe or when I want to strangle a toddler. So anyway, keep up the great work. Thanks. Thank you, Sarah, for consistently speaking my love language, which is sending me voice messages that I can use on the podcast. If you want to um, check out that Echo Prayer app, I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes at daniellebean.com. Um, but you can also Google it. it. It came up real easy when I went to search for it, and you can look for it in, in your own app store on whatever smart device you use. It looks really awesome. I haven't started to use it yet, but I did download it, and I'm looking forward to checking it out. So that's a great tip, Sarah. I'll take all the help I can get for those reminders because you're so right that we feel guilty. And sometimes I'll say this prayer like, for all the people I promised to pray for that I've forgotten about. Because I really do. When I tell people I will pray for them, I have the very best intentions. I, I'm very careful to not just say that glibly and not intend to do it. And I often will remember it, you know, at the end of the day or whatnot. But I'm always worried that I'm going to forget. Or, you know, there might be someone that you promised prayer to weeks ago and they haven't come back in mind, but they still are in need of that prayer. So I think this app is an excellent idea. And I'm really looking forward to putting it to you. So thank you for that, Sarah. And I think I need to make you like a co-host or something here on Girlfriends because you are just such a frequent and high quality contributor. So thanks for doing that. I love you. Hi, Danielle. This is Kristen Fontana. And I just wanted to let you know that I really appreciated your post on Easy Ways to Add Prayer to Our Day. And I am so grateful that my sister-in-law reminded me to listen to it because it has really helped me, especially in the past few days. Because one thing that you mentioned is starting a morning offering. And that's something that I've wanted to do but have never done consistently. And that day when I listened to it, I went off and found one that I really enjoyed and put it on my bedside table. And I have been praying it every day since then. And I can see that it has made a difference. Uh, the other day, I encountered a stressful situation with my young children. And uh, I found that I was like, some of the phrases from the morning offering came to mind. And I was surprised, <laughs> very joyfully surprised that I remembered it and that, that Christ was still speaking to me from that morning offering that I had made hours and hours ago. And um, I was just really grateful for that. And so thank you for that encouragement. And I know that my next step will be to memorize it, like you said, that you've memorized yours, because I know that that's going to be really helpful for me to have the whole thing memorized. And I can see that God is going to continue to do more things through that morning offering for me. And it's going to help me. So thank you so much, and um, thank you for all the tips that you had. And I just have another one to add in. A uh, wise wife and mother from my community shared with me that one way that she prays is she prays when she is making her and her husband's bed every day. And, um, you know, when she makes his side of the bed, she's praying for him and specific intentions for him. And I just thought that was really great because... Our husbands need our prayers. I need my husband's prayers. And 
Um, when I do make our bed, which unfortunately is not every day, um, I do try to um, pray for him. And I've just really appreciated that and, and was encouraged by um, that advice. So hopefully some other girlfriends will appreciate that advice too, to go along with the other tips that you had. So thank you, Danielle, for all that you do. And you're doing a great job. So keep it up. And hopefully I will get to meet you in Jacksonville in a few weeks at that marriage conference that you're speaking at. That would just be really awesome. I really uh, appreciate you and hopefully we'll get to meet you soon. So thank you so much. God bless. Thank you, Kristen. It was great hearing from you. And I love the feedback um, that you shared about, first of all, how the morning offering has been blessing you, because that's been my experience as well, that the more we make a habit of it, the more it comes to mind throughout our days. And the more we remember to offer up those bad things that happen. I'm not sure I remembered it, though, when I spilled that coffee all over the stovetop this morning. That would have been a good moment, but I was I was too much embracing my grumpy self at that point. Anyway, <laughs> um, and I also love that a, a wise mom shared with you that idea of praying as you make the bed, praying for your husband, because that is an excellent idea. And I, too, would not be doing it every day <laughs> because sometimes I only make the bed when we're about to get in it. <laughs> and honestly, that is only to make Dan happy because he likes the sheets just so. In fact, after I make it, he will still make adjustments to it, even though I think I've done it perfectly. Um, so yeah, maybe we could both together get in the habit of um, praying for our husbands and making the bed in the morning, maybe. Maybe try to get it done before noontime. That's a good goal to set, right? <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for sharing about the marriage conference that's coming up in Jacksonville. The one that I just did in Phoenix is being put on the very same one, same um, same organization, Paradises Days, putting it on in Jacksonville coming up in November. So that's going to be on November 19th. So I'm going to be there as a speaker that day. And um, if you and your husband are interested, I would love to meet you guys. And, you know, I love it when I hear from people who listen to the podcast. So if some of you all came out to Jacksonville, if you live around there, that would be awesome. I would love to meet you. I'm looking forward to meeting Kristen. Kristen, I've already met your husband and he's great. And the little bit that he shared about how you guys met and what your family's like, I just know. I'm like, of course she listens to the Girlfriends podcast. She's my kind of people. So anyway, I'm looking forward to meeting Kristen and hopefully some of you all can make it out then as well, that's November 19th in Jacksonville, and I will post a link in the show notes at daniellebean.com. I also need to thank Kristen for becoming a Patreon supporter of Girlfriends. Thank you so much for that support, Kristen. And a big shout out to Sarah, who became a big time supporter of Girlfriends this past week on Patreon. Sarah contributed at a level that... Um, qualifies her to join in some Google Hangouts and have a Skype call with me. So if you're interested in those kind of benefits as well, you can check it out at Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash girlfriends. All the details are there. But for as little as a dollar per episode, if you pledge just that much, it means the world to me. It just, it gives me that shot in the arm. It gives me that confidence and that encouragement and affirmation that what I'm doing here matters to you, that you want to see it continue and that you're willing to support its production. So thank you so much, all of you who support the, the podcast in that way. Thank you to those of you who've linked it up on Facebook and Twitter. I appreciate all of that encouragement and support. And thank you for your 
your prayers. Those of you who've reached out and let me know that you're praying for me, even if you haven't reached out and let me know, I appreciate your prayers for this podcast, for the people who participate in this community, because it really means a lot to me that we can connect in this way. I think it's really meaningful. And it's a new way for me that I've been learning in the past year, um, learning podcasting and all the ropes and everything, the technological stuff that's behind it. It's been kind of a, a process, but also been fun. But it's been super encouraging to kind of meet up with other women in this way, the way that I used to back when in, you know, blogging heyday, back when I used to feel really connected person to person with other women who are kind of sharing this life with me. But so Girlfriends has been a great way for me to do that. And um, so thank you for all the ways that you encourage and support me in doing that. The most important of which being just being here, just showing up, subscribing to the podcast, showing up, spending a little bit of your time with me week after week is so important. And I am so grateful for your presence here. So thank you for that. And until next time, I pray that God will bless your day and that you'll enjoy the rest of your week. Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.